Let's spend five minutes shitting on a movie and how forgettable it is just to end up with... Huh, maybe I should hit play on that. On my fifth or sixth watch now, it's not so good. I might do some things for a grade to William Shatner. I might be nosy from a distance, but I'm not pleasant up close. Million dollars? Do whatever you want with any part of me. Too much acting. Just, just get on with the goal. Let's see some gut floppage. What? Why? Uh, uh, no. I'm out. Oh, I was going to say karate. Do karate. All day. That's what I want to do, but we don't have any information on it yet. No. So I'm like, I just, I'm like, fine, sign up, sign up for soccer. I mean, I, it's like, I, I don't have time to make that decision. I, just, I, I don't have time to think about it. It's like, we have to sign up right now if he's going to be in this thing. And it starts today, tonight. I'm like, oh, I'm not ready for the kids to be in fucking sports. Ugh. Oh, I, I know. And I try and talk my wife out of it every year. And every oh, year I know. I'm like, I got to do this stuff. And I'm like, and, and here's the thing. Um, my brother-in-law, her brother is the coach. Like, he's the coach at the local school for the, all the middle schoolers and everything. Like, he is the coach. Yeah. So, of course, he's going to ask me to help him coach. And what am I going to do? Say no? Like, uh. I'm going to show up and let the kid practice, and I'll just be on the sidelines waving to my brother-in-law? Like, no. I'm going to... Now I got to go help. And it's... Which is fine, but... Ugh, it's one more thing to do. Yep. And that's how that's how my week is, too. Every single night, there is something. It's yeah. volleyball, soccer practice, open house for this kid, uh, volleyball again... And soccer practice on the same night. Open house for the other kid. It, it it's yeah. hell week. It's it's absolutely hell week. I, yeah. I mean, you were on vacation last week, and it's almost harder for us to record this week. Yeah, this week is all, yeah. It's like piano is on Wednesday. Now the soccer is going to be on Tuesday and Saturday. Every Saturday is a game, and it's like it's pretty far away. Which is this the karate thing is actually pretty close, but I don't know the hours yet. And it's just like fuck. Yep. So. But yeah, here and it's like as soon as school ends, he's on the bus, and as soon as he gets home, then there's a little breather, and then it's whatever. I don't know. Run, run, run! Yepper, I know. Uh, hey, at least you got that whole road sign thing hammered out. Congratulations on that. Oh, the road signs are up, but we're not on Google Maps, so ple- people still can't find us. Like, yeah, UPS and FedEx still can't find us. Undeliverable. <laughs> yeah. Do you have to go pick them up somewhere then, or what? Just have to call him and explain. No, no, no. Here's how you get there. You go on Frank, and then you turn on Strasser, and then you, then, 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 then. Like you, you, it's not that diff. I mean, it's really not that difficult. But it's just everybody relies on GPS at this point. That when they don't have it, it's like, well, I, we can't find you. So package undeliverable. Yeah, uh, it's first world problems, I guess. It's not a big deal. It's I, I honestly I like. I'm really trying to whenever I order stuff to make sure that it's coming USPS because. They at least know how to get stuff to us right now. So anything that I can order that's not right. UPS or especially FedEx, um, at least UPS. Oh, man, we've got frozen Eric now. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, there I'm you here. are. You're back. I'm, I'm listening. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Well, at least with, I'm, I'm listening. At least pro- with UPS. Oh, speaking of fir- yeah, I mean, speaking of first wheel world problems, first wheeled, uh, I'm on, I'm Skyping on my phone tonight. This evening, this afternoon, because my other my laptop that I normally Skype on, I'm like, oh, I should just you know, you always check for Skype updates. You always check for computer updates. Yeah, it's been downloading updates for three hours, three <laughs> hours, and it's at sixty seven percent. 
It Ugh. sits over there just humming away in the corner, like, you little prick. So that's probably why we're getting some uh, blockage. Anyway, street yeah. signs. So. Yeah. yeah, so whatever. <laughs> I, I'm still able to watch movies one way or another. That's all that matters. Yep, same here. <laughs> um, and actually, I finally got I got I finally got caught up with uh, not just the Harry Potter novels, but uh, the latest Stephen King book. And so I'm like, oh, now I can get caught up on podcasts. And so I listen to a couple of our back log episodes, and I always have to laugh when I hear myself talking stupidly. <laughs> the show goes on. <laughs> yep. So uh, I got a message on Facebook from one of our friends I haven't talked to in a couple of years. And he just said, hey, I came across your podcast and started listening to you and Eugene, and it was just like good old times, and just let everybody know I miss him, and uh, Archie. Oh, that Archie Cox. Yep. <laughs> so, hi, Arch. Hey. Glad you're listening. Miss you, bud. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Yeah. And since we're not uh, doing a middle segment tonight, I'll get this little bit of news out of the way or get your opinion on it before we jump into the roulette. Uh, Danny Boyle, out of Bond. Hmm. Thoughts? Opinions? Oh, I had no idea. Wow. What happened there? Oh, that was just this afternoon. They said, um, oh, what is the old the old thing they always Creative say? Creative differences. There you go. That's what it is. So. I, uh, all right. That would have been cool, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, they, at least it with Bond, great. You, you don't need a, you don't need like a specific director. Like they've had so many different directors that have done pretty decent work that they'll find someone, I'm sure. Oh, they will. They got to find somebody that'll play ball with them, you know. Yeah, but but how dumb? Why not just let him make a Bond movie? You know, they're also, I don't know. Maybe it's because of Spectre. How much yeah. that was crap. Yeah. It's time to give Mick G a shot at it, I guess. Right. <laughs> 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 no, no, let's not do that. <laughs> okay, are you are you ready to move on to the roulette? Uh, I am, well, actually, wait, before real quick here, because just because I'm thinking about it, and like you said, we're not having a middle segment. Uh, so I started a new book. Uh, just I'm in a novel reading phase of my life again, and uh, and especially after this latest Stephen King book, which was fantastic. Uh, it is like Stephen King channeling just. Hints of John Carpenter's The Thing. That's all I'm saying about that. Um, it's great, but I'm like, I need more. I need more <laughs> horror. I need a. I need another horror novel. So I, I'm like, Joe Hill. Let's read this guy's work because he. There was lots of good reviews for Joe Hill, um, and so I, uh, I, I go to see which is like which are his best books and all that stuff. Have you heard of this author? No, I haven't. Okay. So I start reading Heart Shaped Box. I got um, audiobooks because um, that's how I do a lot of the reading. And I'm like, and then I do some research, and right away it's fantastic. And then I'm like, man, that that uh, that writing style, at least from what, what I'm hearing, sounds very familiar to me. I'm like, who is Joe Hill? Oh, Joe Joe Hillcott or Joe Hillcott something King. It's Stephen King's son. Oh, there we go. That's awesome. Okay, so now I'm going to read all of his books. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, just I figured it's because it kind of goes hand in hand with uh, with our has, show. I'm has like, he written I, a lot? Uh, I'm on page like a hundred, and so far it is like it feels like old school, late seventies, early eighties King. His writing but, style. No, does. I mean, does he have a lot of books? Mm. 
just his heart-shaped buckler. Now, actually, they made a movie out of one of his uh, books, uh, Horns, with Daniel Radcliffe, directed by Alexandra Aja. I, that show, that was one of our roulettes. And it was good. Yeah, I remember. Um, it was good enough to where I'll probably read the book because I'm pretty sure the book's going to be better than the movie. It's a great premise, but I remember the movie was... like the, Especially they dropped the ball towards the end, which is classic King, I guess. Uh, so hopefully his son doesn't doesn't go down that route as well. Um, even, well, not, yeah, Outsider, Outsider's ending was pretty, that was such a great book. And the ending, the ending left on a bit of a whimper, but it worked for the book. Um, anyway, like, I could talk, I could talk about that book the entire show. How good, the Outsiders? how good that book. Yes. From I, K- Stephen this, King. I don't, oh, this, I don't that, even know, I'm not even familiar with that. Oh man, it's like, it's like classic, a dreamcatcher thing, or a thing, uh, dreamcatcher it, like creature feature 80s Stephen King. It's so badass. I loved it. Highly recommend it. Any of our listeners out there that like the shit that I like, read Stephen King's new book. It's fantastic. Two little voices out in the crowd just went, yay! Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, well, let's get on to the roulette then. Uh, I'm Eric, by the way. And I'm Eugene. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And last week on the roulette, or last time on the roulette, was Extinction up against Mojave, and I'm up first. Extinction. Plagued by dreams of an alien invasion, a family man faces his worst nightmare when an extraterrestrial force begins exterminating Earth's inhabitants, starring Michael Pena, Lizzie Kaplan, Mike Coulter. I don't know if you know who that is, but that's uh-huh. Luke Cage. And he is awesome. Uh, now, this is going to be a vague review, because just going by that premise, and if you... Did you watch the trailer? Uh-huh. Looks if good. you go by the trailer, you know that there's going to be some uh, twists and turns and surprises along the way. And there are. So I uh, was of two minds of this movie, especially the first half. First halfway through the movie, they, this couple has two girls as well. Important note. Okay. First half of this movie, I was not a fan. Until we got to the first twist, which I kind of expected what that twist was going to be. And I was like, oh, okay, I was right. And I'm like, I'm looking forward to the following twist, which is going to explain why that twist is the way it is. And that will determine if I enjoy this movie or not. Uh, but the first half of the movie, I was not, enjo- up until that first twist, about halfway through, I was I was very leaning thumbs down on this movie. Because the acting was rather wooden, like noticeably so. The interactions that they have with each other are very annoying in that sort of way where... Oh, if you had some common sense, you'd just do this. So why are you talking to your husband that way? Why are you talking to your wife that way? Why are you treating your kids like that? You know, like, just get with it. Quit being an idiot. Uh, the girls, the daughters in the movie are pretty annoying. I mean, they do a good job of acting, but they're constantly whiny. They're constantly screaming about something. And then when all hell starts breaking loose, they... Oh, high-pitched screaming at all the wrong times, like, just shut up. Okay, ah! Just shut up. Uh, ah! Yeah, oh, great, now now they know where we're at. Now they're coming towards us. Good. Awesome. Um, quick, run over there across the alley to get into the safe place. Well, I gotta pause in the middle of the street to look up at the lights or something. You know, like, annoying shit like that, where you're like, just move! Just do what you're supposed to do! But then we get to the twistiness of it, and they... 
in the beginning of the second half, they start doing a little bit of flashbacky stuff where they start explaining a little bit more of this world that they just plopped us into. And I was like, huh, I didn't quite see that bit coming. I kind of like that. And by the time we get to the end, yep, I give this movie a thumbs up. And it took me about a day of digesting it afterwards to come full circle to a thumbs up on it. And I think you should give it a shot just so we can talk spoilers on it. And I think you would have the same opinion as me. I think the first half you'll be like, why am I watching? Like, come on. And then the second half, when it's all said and done, I think you'd be like, okay, I kind of like that. And I guarantee you will say the same thing as me. This movie would completely fit in the science fiction universes of A and B. Other movie movies that I don't want to say, or else it will give away the twists of this movie. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you would come out of there with like two or three movies where you'd be like, yeah, this totally fits in that universe. And yeah, so thumbs up for me. Just hang with it. Even the wooden acting is explained later on. Uh, so everything that I had an issue with kind of gets an answer by the time it's over. Okay, cool. Uh, so I I would not say give this one, like as far as the sci-fi original or, or Netflix original science fiction films, I wouldn't say this is like top tier or anything. I would say kind of middle of the pack. Okay. Excellent. Uh, but w- I, I would like to talk to you spoilers after you do watch it, though. Okay, yeah, it's in my queue and it shall obviously now remain in my queue. Mojave, sir. Mojave! Uh, um, Oscar Isaac is in this, and he is the only reason to watch this. Uh, I hate to use the word hipster, so I'm not going to. Pretentious dude in the desert trying to find himself, and he's kind of a douchebag. Uh, meets <laughs> so a doppelganger true. who happens to be Oscar Isaac and they shoot at each other and then he goes back to Hollywood because he's, uh, he's a suicidal artsy guy. Uh, and then Oscar Isaac starts to follow him around Hollywood calling everybody brother and acting like he's all strung out on peyote or some bullshit. Uh, Mark Wahlberg is in it swearing a lot and then being a coked out Something or other. Um, Walt Goggins is wasted in this. Everybody's wasted in this. What's It's pretentious. It's pretentious. Uh, I didn't like it um, at all. <laughs> the The desert stuff was kind of cool. I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Like, okay, uh, so here's this weird dude, and they're going to have a shootout. And I'm like, where are we going with this? Oh, we're going to pretentious land. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, yeah, that was... <laughs> I dare you to try to watch that movie past the half hour mark. I dare you. I mean, you'll know when it shifts to being kind of an art house sensibility to flat out pretentious shit. Um, so yeah, cheers. I've got more than enough more than enough things on my stack. Thank you very much. Yeah, there there is a there is a seed of a good idea in here with the whole doppelganger thing, but it's just it comes off as oh, it so comes off as just. We're smart, and we're not going to tell you what's going on because we're got curly mustache. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It sucked. <laughs> it's roulette garbage. Okay. All righty. <laughs> Moving on to the next round. <laughs> Coming your way. First up, a movie that just screams Eugene Roulette from beginning to end, Corbin Nash. And I purposefully did not watch the trailer for this one because I didn't want to talk myself out of putting it on here. After discovering that he hails from a long line of demon hunters, Corbin Nash heads to L.A. and battles two brutal, bloodthirsty vampires. Starring, pay attention now, 
Dean S. Jagger, Corey Feldman, Malcolm McDowell, Rutger Hauer, and directed by Ben Jagger. Is that Mick Jagger's son or something? I have no idea, but the lead of the movie over those other known names is Dean S. Jagger, directed by Ben Jagger. Oh, okay. Take that into... Yeah, yeah, you've been warned. And speaking of warnings, the warning! After his friend is shot, John finds a numerical pattern behind... That's been on the roulette before, and yeah. it's going to get bounced back and forth. And lastly, Netflix original, science fiction-y, How It Ends. When a mysterious disaster turns the country into a war zone, a young lawyer heads west with his future father-in-law to find his pregnant fiancé, starring Theo James and Forrest Whitaker. And this one passed the trailer test. For me, look, look like a almost like apocalypsy thing going on, and they're traveling a waste—not uh, a wasteland, but a uh, wharf land—trying to get across the country. Okay. Uh, anyway, I think that's probably your safest pick out of those. But I don't think you can resist Corey Feldman. But we will. Oh, see. dude, that is like the only thing that has me interested right now, and that one is good old Feldman. Uh, okay, <laughs> heading your way. First up is. Uh, the the I would say the least roulette of the bunch, and that's Hostiles, directed by Scott Cooper from 2017. It's a long one, two hours and 15 minutes long, but it got great reviews and did very well. At the, well, did pretty good at the box office, and it sounds really, really good. In 1892, a legendary army captain reluctantly agrees to escort a uh, uh, Cheyenne chief and his family through dangerous territory, starring Scott Shepard, Rosamund Pike... Uh, Christian Bale, uh, all sorts of... Oh, uh, I, s- I saw the tra- trailer for that. It looks that so good. Yeah, I almost did not put that on the roulette uh, just so that I could watch it myself because I want to watch it so much because it looks so good. But I'm like, well, it's... I, I don't have time right now, so I'm like, I'll at least throw it your way. Just in case. Um, okay, next up is uh, The Most Unusual. Um... And of course, I'm on IMDb, and uh, it's not on IMDb, so it's the, the 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 most unknown. Yeah, it's it's uh the most unknown. It's about I'm just I'm just gonna just wing it here. Um, it's a documentary <laughs> about unknown cool shit, and it's a short <laughs> runtime. So the most un or the most unknown. Okay, next up, uh, <laughs> em, uh Emilia. I'm prepared. Uh, 2015. Uh, an hour and 20 minutes. Hey, hey. Uh, directed by m- either Michelle or Michael. Th- uh, doesn't um, it, Obviously Michael because it's a guy. Uh, let's see what else. It uh, could be French. Th- it might be Michelle. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, shit. Now I'm actually very curious. Where, where was the guy born in? Uh, it doesn't say and I don't care. Um... A couple's replacement babysitter turns out to be more than they bargained for when she subjects their kids to a series of twisted activities. And I actually, not that it counts for anything, but I actually read this in some horror online stuff, which means nothing. (laughs) But uh, they did say that it gets a bit twisted towards the end. So, yeah, you never know. It might be something. There you go. I'm looking at this Michael Thielen. He has an impressive beard. And my last roulette had young kids in it, too, that were kind of annoying. I think I'm going to skip that one. <laughs> I'll take the long one. I'll go with Hostiles. That's the safe pick, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to pick uh, whatever that thing is that Corey Feldman stars in. <laughs> Corbin Nash! Yay! 
I'm not having that that whole uh, Jagger thing. That's got me scared. But uh, Corey Feldman. Yeah, yeah. It might be something. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, at least it's got Malcolm McDowell and Rutger Hauer, so that's something. Too. That is that is something. Yep. By the way, I'm looking. I'm just. I, I uh, there is an aftermath of a fight outside my house right now with my two boys. My one kid is just in the middle of the driveway holding a soccer ball. It looks like he's just standing there crying, and the other one is gone now. And I'm like, eh, go, go about your business. <laughs> carry on. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> well, mine are going to be home any minute, so. I'm surprised they're not home yet. Yeah. All right, there you go. Next episode, because God knows how busy we've been, will be Hostiles up against Corbin Nash. Even that name just, oh, that screams me swearing about how much I dislike it. But you never know. Yeah, within five minutes of hitting play. Yeah. Oh, just the opening font will come up, and you'll be like, "Shit!" Oh, yeah. Those op- those opening fonts. If you if you can recognize it from like your own computer, you're you are screwed. Unless it's a Bruno Mattei movie, then it's like, well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you at least knew what you were getting into when you, yeah. before you even hit. Exactly. Play. Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh. Oh, good stuff. Okay, you ready to move on? To recently watched. Let's do it. I've got loads of stuff I can yeah. talk about. Oh, hey. Bef- I'm sorry, I know that we're not doing a middle segment, but here's a very small, like, two-minute middle segment, just because I wasn't sure if you were made aware of this or not, but the Jack Ryan collection, fully remastered on 4K UHD Blu-ray, is coming out in the next couple weeks. Just throwing that out there, because I know that you had said that uh, Hunt for Red October looked fairly shitty on Blu-ray. Well, they're all getting remastered and dropped onto the new format and that's big news, in my opinion, especially Hunt for Red October, because that movie has never looked good on the home video format. So just throwing that out there for you. I mean, I, I don't remember it looking shitty. It just didn't look like a like a true... It looked like yeah. that first Total Recall. Yeah, it's an old it was just scam. like, ah, oh, it's, it's better, but it's not that great. Yeah. yeah. Well, that doesn't do me any good. I don't have 4K. Yeah, I know, but it'll... Uh, I know. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you can come over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Lucky bastard. Uh, I'm not going to... I mean, it's, six, it's 60 bucks, which actually is not that... Well, no, it's $50 on one of the sites I found, but that's not too bad for every single movie from the Jack Ryan collection, which... There's five movies, right? I mean, there's... Uh, Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games, uh, Clear and Present Danger, Some of All Fears, and then that last one that was just no good. Yeah. So there's... Yeah, all five of those. Not bad. Ten bucks a disc, but, you know, honestly, I would really be paying... Mainly for the first one, if I it, when I get it, because I'm going to get this yeah. at some point. Well, that but, and Clear and Present Danger are the highlights. Patriot yeah. Games is still good, but yeah, the and other then, two, eh. yeah, then it's yeah, Ben <laughs> Affleck running around, eh. yeah, that was okay, wasn't it? There was an atomic bomb or something that goes off in that, and I'm like, ah, oh, they went there, all right, yeah, and that was I use that to test sound systems sometimes, and that's because it's got a good all around you sound, yeah, yeah debris flying all over the place and. Was that not a very good... I haven't watched that movie since... I, mean, I don't remember the last time I saw that movie. Was it not that good? Everybody hated it because it deviated from the book so much. And I didn't read the book, so I didn't really care about that. And I thought it was fine. I mean, it's not like, holy shit, this is amazing, or another slam-bam, you know, Jack Ryan entry. It just was like, all right, it's an action movie with Ben Affleck, and some shit gets blown up, and it's kind of interesting, but it was better than the Chris Pine one. In my opinion. Yeah, I, I I remember... Actually, I remember my wife quite enjoying that one, but 
I don't remember anything about it other than the guy that plays Kirk riding around on a motorcycle. Kind of trying to be Jason Bourne. That's about all I remember. Yeah, and I, I think that I think I have that one in Voodoo. But oh, okay. I, I watched it once, and I was like, oh, I'm Kenneth Branagh or something, and it was very forgettable. Maybe I should watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's the movie Freaks right there in one sentence. Yes, <laughs> Maybe yes I it should is. Watch that let's, one. Spend, let's spend five minutes shitting on a movie and how forgettable it is just to end up with, <laughs> huh, maybe I should hit play on that. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right. Oh, boy, what do I want to do? I have so much VHS and so much new stuff. Um, I'm going to do a round of new stuff so I don't lose everybody right off the bat. Let's start with Red Sparrow. How about that? Mm. Red Sparrow is a spy movie with um, the chick from the Hunger Games and... Jennifer Lawrence? Yep. And, uh... Um... A bunch of other people. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I, we, I think we talked about it before on the show that from the trailer we're like, wow, this looks like a Black Widow origin movie. And the trailers made it kind of seem like that. And the trailers also painted this movie in a certain kind of light, where you're like, okay, there's going to be a lot of double and triple crossing here, and you just got to wait till the end to figure out who is the good guy and who is the bad guy. Boys are home. Oh, here we go. Okay. Well, while Eric takes this small break uh, with dealing with kids, um, I shall finish up my review of It. Because I had hinted, well, I had talked a little bit about the first half of it. And then I finished it up, and I'm happy to report that it was fantastic. It still gets a 4.5 out of 5. It is reference material the Blu-ray is, or actually the 4K UHD disc is. It's reference uh, quality. The uh, I've been noticing, actually, with uh, the Dolby Atmos tracks on these uh, UHD discs, that they're really testing my sound system to the point of I need to figure out how to um, how to better program in my sub because my sub can't handle the bass of these uh, Atmos discs. I had the exact same thing happen with Ready Player One uh, UHD disc, which I'll get into that review later, but uh, it's very frustrating when you're watching a great movie and it looks really good and it sounds great except that the bass is just all crackly all to hell. So something's not right and it doesn't do it with any other soundtracks other than these Atmos tracks. So, um, anyway, I'm just, it's interesting, these new formats and everything and how they can, how they change things up for people's systems and whatnot. But, uh, wow, it is such a great movie. I am looking forward to watching that over and over and over again because it's that good. Um, what else while Eric is tied up right now with the kids. I got all sorts of crazy shit I could talk about because we are obviously on a uh, on a time frame here that uh, doesn't lend itself well to us because we've got kids and now all of a sudden soccer and all sorts of other fun, not fun things. Um, uh, what else could I yap about for another minute? Uh, that's okay. That's an... I'm uh, looking here. I rewatched two th- oh, I, I rewatched Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the Arrow remaster, which is uh, fantastic. I feel like I reviewed this one a week or two ago, but maybe not. It's 
the lines of reality get blurred on this show, and uh, I forget if I actually reviewed Killer Clowns. But if I if I didn't, it's four out of five stars. Arrow did a great job with the remaster. There's tons of special features that I haven't even got to yet because uh, I simply don't have the time. I've got I, I try to cram as many movies as, in, as I can, which means I'm limited on my special features intake. But the movie itself is great. I will say this, of all of the home video releases, I am still surprised that no matter... Uh, there are a lot of special features on these things. They still don't have the music video for the Dickies Killer Clowns from Outer Space on there. Why Why wouldn't you put the Killer Clowns from Outer Space music video on there from the Dickies? It is such a great punk rock song and a great punk rock video that I remember... Actually, it must have been on the VHS many, many years ago because... After the credits, it was on there, but they don't have it on DVD, they don't have it on the first Blu-ray release, and they don't have it on this Blu-ray release, and why would you not, unless it's some sort of a rights issue, and if that's the case, are the Dickies screaming that there should be, they should get more royalties out of Killer Clowns from Outer Space music video, or what? Come on, (laughs) put the Dickies on there. Anyway, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, (laughs) revisit, fantastic. (laughs) And Eric's back. And I'm back. (laughs) <laughs> I just walk into you're just like viciously ranting about something and I put on my headphones and I'm like killer clowns from outer space and blah 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 <laughs> oh I'm just kind of um, complaining that the, the Dickies music video uh, it was not yeah I got the, it I got it and uh, yeah that's funny okay uh, okay I think they're settled now where was I Red Sparrow oh yes yeah. okay so yeah I thought you were going to be uh, kind of like that Atomic Blonde situation where there was so much going on that you weren't very clear of the situation and you just got to kind of wait for the movie to tell you what happens at the end. And I was very surprised by this movie because I was very wrong. This movie was very straightforward from beginning to end, and it doesn't quite follow the uh, way the trailer pitches the story, uh, at least in my opinion. Uh, but I was very interested all the way through its long runtime. It's a long movie. And it is not an action movie by any stretch. There is like two hand-fist fights in it, and that's about it. Uh, it is more of just a thriller. Until you get to the very end, and of course at the end they got to explain a couple of things to you, because just because that's how spy movies work. And I really enjoyed the way it all played out. There were a couple of bits of violence that were really gross, and it was stuff they didn't even necessarily show you. They just... There was a torture scene in particular where they're like, you see what this instrument does? Well, guess what? This is what it does. It does A, B, C. And then they just push it to the guy's back like you can't even see it because of the camera angle. And the way he's screaming and flopping around, like I almost had to look through fingers. It was gross. Um, So, you know, thumbs up on that. Uh, I give this movie a thumbs up. I enjoyed it. I don't know that I'm not really recommending it to you. I think it's too long for you for this kind of material. Uh, I think if you did watch it, though, sometime, you'd be like, okay, probably the same thing. It's fairly entertaining. It's just too long. I didn't... I mean, I thought it was okay. It just was longer than I expected. But I give Red Sparrow a thumbs up. Not a flying thumbs up, but maybe like a seven. Um, and if you, you know, are in the mood for that kind of thing, it's, I think you, boy, where would you come out on this versus Atomic Blonde? Because we were on opposite sides of the fence there. Yeah. I think you would like it more than that. It, I, I keep comparing it to that, but that's just because that's the last spy thrillery mystery thing that I watched in that vein. I liked it better than that. 
Okay. I don't know. One day you'll get curious and you'll be so desperate to see her naked that you'll give it a shot. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Back that train up. Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah. And you have that on Voodoo? I do. Uh-huh. Next, re- <laughs> next review. <laughs> uh, uh, I only mentioned that because in all the interviews while they were doing press for that, she kept bringing it up. <laughs> Couldn't get away from it. Good deal. Uh, you want me, to, want me to do another one, huh? Okay, well, I'll kick this one off and then pass it back to you for your turn, because I'm sure you're just dying to talk about it. And that is the recently borrowed from Mr. Eugene, Ready Player One. Uh, Spielberg's latest Spielberg movie? Opus. Opus. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed the shit out of this movie while I was watching it. I, my eyeballs were just darting back and forth looking for every little Easter egg and every little character from every little movie and every little science fiction-y thing. Uh, so it was just, uh, the fanboy in you is just like, oh, look at that, there's that, there's things I'm familiar with, there's things I know, sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> and I really did have a lot of fun with it. That DeLorean will just never not be cool on screen, ever. I, it's amazing, even when it's animated. Um, but at the end of the day... I do give the movie a big thumbs up. I'm just wondering how much it's going to hold up on rewatch. Is it? Am I just fanboying out about seeing all these cool things on the screen? Or is it genuinely an awesome movie? And I think I'm going to come to it's still a genuinely awesome movie. But I had an absolute blast with it. I mean, there's a bunch of different scenes I'd like to talk about. Uh, but I'd like to get your reaction to it first. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, why is it? Answer me this. And maybe this is just because it's my favorite movie of all time. Why is it that, of all of the references in the movie, there was only one that they very specifically had to point out what it was so that people know? Oh, you mean the girl that's riding Kaneda's bike from Akira? It's like, they didn't do that with any of the other references in the the movie, and there's like a thousand, ten thousand of them. This whole movie is nothing but references. (laughs) But that one thing was like, well, I know what that is. You don't have to point it out. You didn't have to point out all the other things. That one you point out. I don't know why. You don't know. You actually, that is, I'm glad that you brought that up because I did notice that too. I'm like, there's, now they did say, didn't they bring up Chucky? Well, yeah, but I mean, that was just like, holy shit, it's Chucky. It wasn't like, hey, there is Chucky from the I gotcha. yep. Child's yeah. Play movie, you know? Yeah. No, you're, I did notice that. And I'm like. Yeah, that is a that that whole scene was so great, but that is odd that they decided to do that. I guess it's. I mean, I would say it's just because it's anime or a you know a, a very specific anime thing. But I mean, that guy went out and what, what did he do? He when he came in on Serenity and then he summoned the form of a. Yeah, now I can't remember <laughs> a giant robot from <laughs> anime that I also. No, that was awesome too. That was so great. There's so many great parts in this movie. I yeah, spoiler alert, I guess. If we're gonna talk about this movie, we're getting into spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, is it really a spoiler when we're just mentioning characters that pop up in the I don't I think mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Although I will this is this a big spoiler here would be the shining scene, which is a big part of the movie, uh, and a great part of the movie, I might add. That was uh probably the highlight of the movie for me, obviously, but it was so well done to where it's like it looks just like the original movie. J- exactly like the original movie. Creepily so. Yes. Uh, question. 
if they were able to get the rights to show that much of The Shining and mention it that specifically and everything, is that, I mean, it, who has the rights to The Shining? Uh, that's Warner Brothers. That's what I thought. Yeah. Who made this movie? Um, boy, I'm not sure. I mean, I did, I, actually, on the Blu-ray that you borrowed, uh, I'm, I'm going to watch this special feature because I, I, I don't have enough time for special features lately, but I got to watch the special features on that just because they do talk about how they did the whole Shining thing. And I'm like, I have got to know about that. Uh, but yeah, I, I, there's so many different movies at play in this, in this movie that I don't know how they got the rights to all that stuff. And I well, what I'm the reason I asked that, what I'm most curious about is, I wonder if they had to go to Nicholson to get his rights to his image, because it's, you never saw his face. No, nope. and I was like, come on! That, so they had to make the bathroom lady the uh, the bad one of the I scary know. bads. Yeah, it was like, ah, what? Okay, which I mean, that was fine, but I was like, Nicholson, I guess must have said no, or some somebody had to say no at some point because there's no reason they don't just animate his young face and go for it. I mean, they're it, oh, they inside totally of the it. Oasis. Everybody already had kind of a cartoony avatar look anyway. Yeah. So it wouldn't have been that big a deal if it didn't look perfect. But oh, the music in the hallways. And I'm like, that is the shining right there. Well done, mm. Mr. Spielberg. Everything yeah. else in the movie was, was great too. But I, yeah, I wonder how it, it will hold up on repeat viewings because there's so much being thrown at you, but it's such a burst of energy, I guess. It's like, it's two hours and what, 20 minutes. And I'm, I was never bored. It kept going, 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 and the plot was pretty heavy, but it was still, you're able to follow along with it. It's never, you know, smarter than you are. It, it just works. The acting is really good. It's got some really good funny parts in it. Uh, it, it the bad guys are bad, but they're not like the awful, hissable villains. It, it just felt like a classic Spielberg movie w- with uh, new high-tech toys. That's a good way to put it. I agree. Yeah. Huh. Especially the ending, like, where every, everybody's staring, like... When uh, there's a big reveal and everybody in the room is staring at the screen or whatever, I'm like, that's so Spielberg-y right there. And it's like, they, they have these this this wondrous face on everybody. Like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, I think that was... The, <laughs> yes, the, yes. I'm like, that's old school Spielberg right there. Yeah, it is. But, and I, uh, I'm just, we're just reeling all over the place with this movie, but um, the holy hand grenade. I thought that that was a little bit more obscure than Canada's bike. Like, I mean, they never even called it by its full name. That's from the Holy Grail. Right? Oh, wow. It is, isn't it? Yeah, the Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. (laughs) (laughs) And they made no reference to it. They're just like, it's the Holy Hand Grenade. I'm like, that is from the movie. I swear it is where they killed the rabbit with it. Uh Uh-huh. But uh, (laughs) they wanted to make sure that everybody knew about the... uh... (laughs) Oh the well, bike. if it gets more people to watch Akira, then I'm happy with for it. <laughs> yeah, that that opening chase or race or whatever was so great. It was crazy. It was there was so much going on, almost to a Transformers battle level of what's going on, where it's like I can't barely keep up with what's happening. But I love the way that it, uh, that ended, uh, that race, that section of the movie where mm-hmm. he figured it out. That was just I felt that Spielberg sense of. Wonder. I was looking at it like, ah, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. One, uh, the biggest negative I saw, or the only negative that I really was like, come on, this is bad, was at the very end when they kept opening the doors. Do you remember that? They open. They're in the back. They just crashed. They open the back doors of the vehicle. Van. Then yeah. they close them, and then they open them again, and then they close them. 
and then they open them and there's more people standing there and then they close them and then they open them. That's like five or six different times where it's like, hold on, I want to kiss the girl. Closes the doors, kiss oh, the girl, open okay, it up yeah. and some other cops. It, it, it was such an obvious, I don't, uh, we need a scene transition here. And so, well, uh, just close the doors again. And they did it like six times and it wasn't meant for comedic effect. They should have made it for comedic effect. It would have worked better. But as it is, it was just like, all right, I get it. You're trying to move on to the next scene. You got to wrap everything up. But yeah. It's weird. Still good. I'm sure that we missed a ton of references in there, but I, I got to see the ones I wanted to see. I saw RoboCop. I saw Jason Voorhees. I saw you know, Chucky was in there. You said Freddy. I saw Freddy. Freddy. Yep. Yep. So cool. There were there were a bunch of video game references in there too. Yeah. Like a semi obscure stuff. But do you think that Spielberg is like that? Like, do you think that? A lot of that stuff came from him, or did he get, like, this comedian? Like, what's the coolest old-school stuff that we can jam into this movie? Uh, I've read excerpts from the book that this is based on. No, this is straight up from the book. Okay. It is every reference. They, they, they Honestly, with everything crammed in there, they probably still only got one-tenth of the references in the book. Hmm. I, I Somebody posted a couple of pages of it, or uh, different spots of the book, and it was unreadable. It was awful. Like, I... It made me angry reading it. It was so bad. But uh, it turned into a good movie. But then again, you got Spielberg, who's pretty established at getting things organized and put together in a, <sighs> a coherent vision. Uh, so it turned into what could have been a total disaster, I think, turned into a lo- lovely little movie. Yeah. I quite liked it. It's, uh, I mean, it's not the best movie I've seen all summer or all summer, all year, but it's uh, it, very good. Very good movie. Uh, over to you. Okay, the other end of the spectrum, shall we? Let's go there. American Guinea Pig, The Song of Solomon. Wee! Uh, this this uh, noise again. Is yep. this a new one? Yep, this is uh, Stephen Biro's newest one. Uh, uh, pretty high hopes after the last one, Bloodshock, which I quite enjoyed. You remember when we talked about that oh, one? Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yep, I remember. Yep, so I was... Pretty excited about this one. This is uh, his take on an exorcism movie. And um, so we get back from vacation. And I'm like, oh, there it is. Waiting in my mailbox. What am I watching tonight? Uh, this. And it it was... Oh, it wasn't... It was okay. Uh, and I say that because I still have a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of change left with me with uh, Bloodshock and the first one. Uh, the... Uh, Guts and gore, whatever it was called. Um, this one here, it's almost like they tried a little bit too much to make a... Uh, I'm not sure what the word is I'm looking for, but it, it it's disgustingly over-the-top gory. But it, there's too much acting in it, I guess. The acting comes across as pretty bad. Um, and it's like, just do what you guys are good at. And you're, you're delving into things that you're not quite as talented at, if that makes sense. Um, and therefore it's showing on screen, like Bloodshock. We're like, let's make this black and white and let's just make this really, really hardcore and minimal acting. And it worked beautifully. And even more so the previous movie, which is basically just these two ladies chained up to a bed getting eviscerated. There's your plot. This one here, there. This is pretty plot heavy. That sounds like the plot of the other American guinea pig movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this one here is you know this girl is possessed and she's in a room and there's various exorcists that come in and try to exorcise this demon out of her and uh, they all pretty much 
you know, they and they're, you know, they get, get they get slaughtered somehow or another, which is okay. But, oh, <laughs> uh, it just, and then there's a twist ending, which is not bad. But this, the reason I would recommend this to any, like, any fans of this type of movie would be for the special effects, which are very good. They're really, really, really gross. Uh, at one point, she barfs up her entire intestines and then proceeds to just down the hatch, eats them all. I'm like, ah, that's pretty gross. Not pretty gross. That was really gross. It was really gross. Oh, uh, one yeah. girl, one cup. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of. Uh, so that was that was interesting. But uh, like I said, too too much acting. Just just get on with the gore. Okay. Um, and at long last, now I'm not sure if you remember or what your opinion is on this movie anymore because it's probably been a long time since you've seen this. Uh, but I finally watched American Psycho Part Two, and I know that. Oh you, my! Yeah, this is a flashback from like literally probably ten fifteen years ago. Uh, but you and said, you've, you've never seen it before. I've never seen it before, and it popped up on Amazon Prime. I'm like, you know what? I've never seen that movie. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Before, before you want my remembery review? Remember yeah. Review. My old memory re- review of this. I have it on DVD. Uh, I remember thinking, or as I recall telling you, is like it's it's definitely not like the first movie, and it's not great. But I thought it was kind of enjoyable because it was so... It just continued the story in a way I never thought to continue the story. And it has some genuinely funny parts because isn't Kirk in it? Yes. Yeah. I I thought that was... He had some funny bits and I thought Mila Kunis had some funny bits. And I was like, for direct-to-video back in the early aughts or whenever that came out, I was like, not bad. You know, okay. There, there you go. I, so I, I probably gave it like a C plus or so, I'd say. And that's pretty much, I echo everything that you just said. There are some funny oh, parts. Right. Yeah, there's some funny parts. It is such an early 2000s movie. Like, the yes. music. <laughs> and the grunge look in the flannel. and the blah, 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 blah. But Mila Kunis is in it. And I, she's great. Um, even in this subpar stuff. William Shatner is great in it, even in the subpar stuff. It If they could have gone a little bit more graphic and gory instead of... They played this up for the laughs, which is fine. Um, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more bloodshed, of course. That's all I, I'll, I'd like to see more bloodshed in every single thing I watch. But this one especially, I it could have stood for a little bit more. But this was in the, the dry horror spell, uh, which I remember... Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. it, and it also is a very fine example of the dif- uh, difference between a film that is satire and a film that is dark comedy. Like, American Psycho is a satire film that has, yeah. just goes all over the place. And it's, it's not meant to be like, ha 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 funny. Whereas this is more meant to be ha 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 yep. funny. Like, yeah. um, observe and report or something. Yeah. But it, I, for what it was, I mean, I, I still, it's not like it's out of my mind. Like, now that I'm talking about it, I remember all the movie. Like I, I'm like, ah, oh, that part was kind of funny, and it's almost because it is so dated, um, and it, it wasn't bad that I'm like, ah, that was that was kind of enjoyable for what it for what it was. I would, I mean, this is lowbrow stuff. I would not recommend this to just anybody, but for those looking for something a little a little different, uh, but that takes you back to that time where you know grunge or early aughts were still. 
somewhat popular. Or you could do much worse than this. Just the yeah. fact that and these I, I, pretty co you know, pretty college girls are just throwing themselves at William Shatner. I'm like, that should be unrealistic, but yet it's William Shatner, and so <laughs> yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. All right, yep, yep. I, I might do some things for a grade to William Shatner. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and see, it's been so long since I've watched it now. Uh, I mean, I watched it after it came out. <laughs> Whenever the hell it came out. 2002. I so this, is, I mean, this is an older movie now. So I don't remember a lot of it, but I do remember, like, what I do remember is that, well, all of my feelings about it, but as far as specific scenes, I remember the beginning, which I thought was, no, that was a good. hilarious way to wrap up Bateman. Yes. I thought that was hysterical. Uh, and then... Yeah, just some funny bits with the, uh, them, uh, with those two actors, with Kunis and, and Shatner. But I can't believe that I enjoyed it more, that, you know, as much as I did. And it's it's not one that I'm going to be itching to rewatch anytime soon. Anytime soon, but I, yeah, for what it was, I'm like, I could have done much worse. Because trust me, every week I do much worse. Oh, and I watched that on my birthday. There you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what a good sequel comparison would be? I think would be uh, uh, Book of Shadows. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Hmm. And everybody out in the world is going, oh, that's terrible, because you and I are the only people that like that movie. So. Which, that's on Amazon <laughs> Prime as well, and I think HD, so I'm actually that, I just I just added that to my list here another, like a day or two ago. I'm like, ah, Book of Shadows, I need to give that one a rewatch. Anyway, well, October's right around the corner, and I, I was organizing my VHS tapes so I could put all of my horror stuff out front that I've been saving. I've got a couple of dozen, so... Oh, wow. Uh, I've got some here for you, too, just waiting for you. Song of Salomon! No, thank you. No, I'm good. I wasn't planning on giving you any giddy. Well, I don't want to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can give all you want. I'm not going to watch it. Will you receive? That's the question. I will receive. I, I, I am... I. I take as good as I give. No, that's not true. I take more yeah. than I give. Okay, um, <laughs> my turn. Let's do a round of some VHS. All right. But do I do good VHS or shitty VHS? Or do I just run down the... You know what? Let's just see how many I can cram in here. Can you time me? And just give me five minutes. Okay. Go for it. Okay, first up is Mysterious Island. Have you ever seen this film? Oh, that sounds familiar. It's based on a based on a Jules Verne book. It's yep. from the like the sixties or something. Yes, yes, I have Some, seen that. Uh, s- great film. I got it on VHS. I was hoping it would hold up to my memory. I'm so happy to report it absolutely does. This movie flies by and is just as awesome as I remember it being with the cool Harryhausen special effects of the giant crab and giant bees and um, it's. Just a friggin' awesome movie. Next up, Necessary Roughness. This is a football comedy movie, and it's okay. Next up, Rob <laughs> Roy. I have never liked this movie, and so I thought, well, I should check it out on VHS because it's been a long time. Maybe my memory doesn't serve me right. Liam ne- Neeson in a kilt and revolutionaries, and what could possibly go wrong? This movie still sucks. <laughs> I don't know why this movie is popular. I don't get it. This It's just slow, and mm-hmm. I don't care, and there's lots of arguing. And then Tim people Roth is get, in it, right? And rapey, rip, isn't there? Yeah. Some rapiness? The, yeah. There, there, there's raping, and uh, no, I did not enjoy this movie. On to the shelf it goes. Next up, from Martin Scorsese, The Color of Money. 
Haven't watched this movie in a while. Uh, and because of the other podcast that my buddy does called The Cruise Cruise, where they talk about all things Tom Cruise, uh, I they were talking about it, and I was like, I should go watch that again. Where am I at on time? You're keeping track, right? Yeah, I'm keeping track. Okay. You're good. Uh, and I... I'm happy to report I enjoyed this movie more than I have in the past, but maybe it's one of those that I needed a couple of viewings to digest it. Uh, I'm glad to have it on the shelf. It's perfect to have this VHS. I will probably pick up the uh, first, This is because this is a sequel, I'll probably pick up the first movie uh, on VHS if I ever come across it. But I didn't care for that one quite as much, but it's I liked yeah, the completest enemy. He's got to have both of them on the shelf. Um, great performances from Cruz and Paul Newman. And uh, I'm going to mess up her name. I, I want to say Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, but I'm probably screwing that up with the other Mary Elizabeth whatever. Winstead. That I, uh, yeah. No, not Winstead. There's another one. Last Older. Year. Anyway. Uh, the, it's the one from The Abyss. Okay, gotcha. She, she, she does a great job in this, too. Uh, good movie. And, oh, real quick, I can squeeze two more in, I think. Indecent Proposal. I've never seen this movie. Everybody was all up and, oh, 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 oh it's, a, it's, a, it's so sexual. And, what, a, he's proposing, Robert Redford's paying her a million dollars to sleep with Demi Moore. And, oh, I remember everybody being all worked up about this movie. And there's not much to be worked up about in this movie. It is a thing that exists. And I watched it once. And that is probably all that it will probably be watched. No, thank you. Oh, Two Lane Blacktop. Oh. Well, Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Have no, you... <laughs> I, was, oh, they, I remember when that movie came out, the conservatives were, they had their panties in a bunch over that one. So oh, everybody was freaking out. I was expecting it to be NC-17 and crazy, and it, no, it was nothing. Well, not, nothing like that at all. And I, that movie today would not hold up. Like, people would be like, million dollars? I, I, do whatever you want with any part of me. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it, last up, Tulane Blacktop. Uh, this is the last of my... Anchor Bay Grey Clamshells that I have not watched yet, and so I wanted to get it checked off the list. And uh, we have, as we have talked about these car movies from the 60s, 70s, this is 60s, I believe. Uh, I'm happy to report that this was not nearly as bad as the other ones that I did not enjoy. This one was at least interesting to watch all the way through, even though it had that 60s sensibility of meandering and people just kind of wander over here and they're, they're uh, wander over there. And then the, at some point the movie just catches fire and roll credits. Literally. That's what happened. It was just, the film went up and it was over. It was like, alrighty, accomplished nothing. <laughs> just wandered around. Uh, there you go. There's a whole string of VHS reviews. Am I hey, still under time? Yeah. You did it under five minutes. Boo. Awesome. Got a whole bunch of shit checked off. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, okay, back to you. Or any comments on any of those movies? Or uh, just like indecent proposal. I, I just I remember that was kind of like that was like last temptation of Christ light in the community. Whereas like oh it's awful. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, of course I'm like I gotta see this thing. And no, it was mediocre <laughs> at best. Whatever. Uh, well, yep. what else? I, mm, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to you. Okay. Um, let's go with... Uh, you know what? Let's go with uh, one that I have changed my tune on a little bit. You've never liked this movie, and I'm like, you're wrong, sir. And then I rewatched it, and I'm like, oh, that's starting to get dated. Way too bad, way too quick. And that's 2001 Maniacs. Uh, I'm sure that you remember this one, because I was... Uh, yes, I believe I even gave this one a second chance. Uh, you probably did, and I was like, dude, it's so good! And then I watched it again, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, Eugene. 
Uh, on my fifth or sixth watch now, it's not so good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... That, talk about talk about an early aughts movie. That's yeah. an early aughts movie right uh, there. It's, it's just, it tries too hard on every level, and it's got its moments, but the comedy is forced. Um, the, the characters are early aughts, just no... Uh, Lynn Shay is in it. I like her. She's funny. Robert Englund is good as the main bad guy. But, I uh, just, uh, some of the gore is good. Actually, a lot of the gore is good. It's just, I remember this being so much gorier than it actually is. And it just, it felt, some of the, some of the CG, there's some CGI in it. And of course the CGI is terrible, but it just feels like they didn't either, they had to cut it down for an R rating or they couldn't quite go all out on the gore because they wanted to make a gore movie and there's some moments, but it's, it could have been more so, but, uh, and after the movie's done, it's like, oh, I can't get that. The South will rise. The South will rise again. And it, I used to think, oh, this is, oh, that's kind of like a hillbilly heavy metal song. And now I'm like, oh, it's annoying and I can't get it out of my head. It's like the thing of nightmares is all these Hillbillies singing the South will rise again. The South, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, I remember. I'm just letting you go. I love it when you sing. Confederate flags and fire and oh, I hated it. <laughs> I hated yeah. it. So that went on the shelf for another ten years, maybe five, <laughs> four, three, yeah. two, maybe next year. When, when's October? <laughs> oh, but I'm seriously like I was like it is time. Like I forgot about this movie. I need to pull this thing out again. And, Ram it in there and... (laughs) Have you ever seen the original? Mm Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, the original wasn't very good either. No. No, it's not. No. It's the same thing. Yeah. But anyway, okay, enough about 2001 Maniacs. Let's get on to maybe something better. Yes, actually, let's get on to something much, 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 much better. A Million Ways to Die in the West. After your glowing review, oh, yes. I had to watch this. So I picked this movie up on Blu-ray for $2. Perfect price. Uh, especially because I can't, uh, like, I would have literally had to pay more to stream it. And I'm like, $2 for the Blu-ray, I'm in. And I watched the unrated version, which is 2 hours and 15 minutes. And I loved it. I loved it. Start to finish. Hilarious. I was never bored. Um, it's Two hours and 15 minutes of live-action Western Family Guy. If that sounds good to you, then watch this movie. It's not schmaltzy like Ted or Ned or whatever, that, that not-good movie. Uh, Ted. Yeah, I, there was, I remember Flash Gordon in that one. That was funny, and that's it. And I'm like, that's, it gets schmaltzy and feelings. The whole thing was, I, did, I didn't care for, and I didn't like Ted either. Yeah, this one here, there's none of that. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of a romance going on in here, but you know, this is, this is... Great. Neil Patrick Harris is great. Everybody is great. Uh, this movie became officially awesome towards the end when, when Seth MacFarlane, uh, he trips out on a, he drinks like this whole thing of God knows what from this group of, uh, Native Americans. He chugs, whatever, peyote or something. And so he has this big <laughs> flashback to his whole life that all accumulates to sheep, uh, standing up on their back legs and their dicks whipped out with boners pissing on him. I'm like, yep, officially this movie has officially become my new favorite comedy of the year. 
Oh, oh as you're talking, I'm just remembering parts that are coming back to me. I just liked all the the background deaths are what got me the the most. Oh, they're great. Like just, they're just walking down the street. Giant ice block falls on a guy. Just bloody gore explosion yeah. all over the place. And then Seth, Seth MacFarlane actually makes reference to that they're still going to use the ice. He's like, they're still using the ice. <laughs> I, I love how Seth MacFarlane. He like he is calling out all the crazy shit that was would happen back in the day. Like he's he talks about all of that and. It's so good. It's so funny. I can't believe this movie didn't do better and didn't get good reviews because, man, everything about it worked for me. Oh, and Liam Neeson getting a little daisy put in his ass cracked by Charlize Theron. Where else are you going to see that? Is Liam Neeson getting a a daisy put in his naked ass cracked by the beautiful Charlize Theron? I I loved her in this movie, too, because she's so beautiful but so willing to just go there with this crazy, obscene comedy. I just, I love that. I don't know. I don't think a lot of Hollywood actresses would be up for that. I know. I see Sarah Sarah Silverman as the the just foulest, nastiest whore prostitute (laughs) that's saving herself for marriage uh, with Giovanni uh, Ribisi, which is, (laughs) oh, and she just comes down with, come on her face and he hands her, oh, it's it's great. You have to watch this movie. It's so funny. Oh. I I really I my expectations were down because I didn't like Ted and I went into Ted hoping for a Family Guy type experience and, and now look Family Guy I know there's a lot of people that hate that humor and that's yeah. fine but you know it it's been on for uh, twenty years did you know that Family Guy started in ninety years oh wow so it obviously has a following yeah and I was expecting more of that in Ted and what I got was Peter's voice in a teddy bear which was already weird like why didn't you pick a different voice and it was just never really went there it was like a pg-13 version and it was like yeah okay uh and so my expectations weren't that high and then i went and watched and with the reviews then i went or i actually watched the damn thing and just cried for the entire runtime i don't know if i watched the uh, extended cut or not but like i told you watch the extended cut because whatever cut i watched it didn't feel like it was too long at all i could have watched more now, okay, so did your ver- did your version? Bill Maher was in your version, I'm guessing, as the stand-up comedian. It's been so long since I watched it, I don't remember. I would okay. have to watch it again. Oh it's, my it's been a while. Lord, it's so funny. It just and it's just one set piece after the other, after the other, and then there's a little bit of character building or whatever, and then we're back to being an R-rated raunchy comedy and big win. I really like that's my type of humor right there. Yep. I knew you would like that movie. Yeah, yeah, that was a good call there. Uh, and I seriously, like, I was, I was the, the reason I never watched it was one, the the reviews were kind of so so if or negative. And after Ted, I was like, ah, I just I don't. It, the first part was okay, and then it got again, it got all emotional and relationshipy, and I'm, just give me Family Guy raunchy humor. That's just give me that, and they did in this. Yep. Movie. So. Oh, I agree. Amanda Sigfried is sucking on Neil Patrick Harris's mustache while he jerks off because it turns him. Oh, it's great! It's like, <laughs> wow. Okay, that's we're going there. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminded me of Movie Forty Three. <laughs> yes, it did. Like an extended version of that, which I think we are the only two people on this planet that think that movie is great. But Hugh Jackman with with, with a set of balls hanging. <laughs> oh, <that's> so great. <laughs> Oh. Halle Berry with the prosthetic surgery. Yep, I need to watch that one again. I, that's I, I, I. That's where my my humor lies in just 
that that stuff. Yeah, it, it's hey, it's me too. That's why I'm super bitchy about comedies. I say it all the time. People love all these comedies that I can't stand. I I've, don't know if I've ever watched American Pie. I want every time I see, saw the trailer, I just want to kill myself. I, it's just not yeah. my kind of humor, you know. I or it's, uh, I guess maybe those are considered romantic comedies. I don't know. I, but you give me this stupid slapsticky bullshit that and observe and report. That's that's me all day. Yep, the really uncomfortable, awkward stuff, and then the. Yeah. Cabin boy slash naked gun type crazy weirdness. Yep. <laughs> anyway, awesome. okay. There, I've spent way too much time on those, but I... Oh, I, I just reviewed like seven movies. If you want to do another one, go ahead. No. Um, let's see here. You know, I'm curious. Have you seen Three O'Clock High? Oh, I'm not sure if I have or not. Um, kind of feel like you might have given that one to me, but I have several high school movies like that that I've seen. I'm, I'm not sure. What? Uh, tell me what it's about. Have you... Okay, so I'm guessing you've heard of it, or at least you probably would recognize yeah. the cover of it. Uh, uh, this is Casey uh, Sesmasco. He was kind of an 80s guy. Uh, but it's basically this this guy in his awful uh, day at school where he accidentally touches the new... Like, he's in the bathroom, and he puts his hand on, the, on this new bully's back, Buddy Ravel. And uh, the whole... The whole movie is like the this basically this guy says you I, we're fighting at three o'clock, and that's the whole movie is leading up to this three o'clock fight and this guy this kid trying to get out of this fight and it is just it's kind of like a breakfast club like it's that that feel but it's just this really weird quirky comedy that still holds up really well um, and it's like it it's like almost elevates itself above the typical eighties comedy. I don't want to say it's a rom-com because it's not a rom-com, but it's just, it elevates itself itself to something a bit different, like almost art house kind of, in a good way. Uh, but, man, it's, and the bully is great. If you would see him, you'd be like, oh, that guy. I He's been in a ton of stuff. Uh, but anyway, really yeah, good movie. I looked I've, it up. I, I, I think I've seen it before, but I couldn't say for sure. It's quite good. Actually, that was one that my wife got me for my birthday. On Blu-ray. So, there you go. Good stuff. Done. Back to you. Okay. Yeah. All right, what is going on outside your house? You're very distracted by what's going on outside oh, your Oh, yeah, there's people pulling in. I'm just like, ah, oh, what? It's just me being the, no- the nosy Amishman. Okay. <laughs> Hold on one moment, please. Nosy Amishman. <laughs> If the shoe fits. <laughs> well, you do live in a cul-de-sac, so... I know, and it's like people coming in, I'm like, what in. are you doing? <laughs> and now he's out of his car, and hike up your pants. Okay. Go. Okay, anyway, <laughs> back to the show. I'm not okay. going to answer the door with any of these people that show up, and I'm like, no, I'm, no. I might be nosy from a, from a distance, but I'm not, I'm not pleasant up close. <laughs> They really are Amishmen. Okay, let's do. <laughs> I'm going to do two and a half reviews, and this will be the last round. All right, and let's get some. 
DC animated stuff out of the way, some new stuff that Brother Dave hooked me up with. First up is Death of Superman. This is based on the in the mid-90s. Um, they were trying to drum up sales of comic books, and they did a, a series called The Death and Return of Superman. It was a big deal. Everybody freaked out and ran and bought this issue where Superman's going to die. So they sold 11 billion copies of this comic book, therefore rendering it um, completely valueless for all time. <laughs> Everybody has one. Uh, anyway... They a few years ago, before they really got in heavy with the, doing these animated films, DC did a. Uh, I don't even remember exactly what it was called, but it was a maybe it was just called the Death and Return of Superman. I don't know. They did an animated version of the story, but they did it all in one seventy-minute movie, and that's way entirely too much story to be putting into uh, one movie. So now that because just the graphic novels alone are th- three to five, depending on which split up you buy. It's three to five graphic novels of this story. So trying to cram it in one movie was just entirely too much, in my opinion. A lot of people don't... Classic uh, comic book guys don't like the story at all, and it's just a cash grab and yada yada. But that was right in when I was at the right perfect age for getting back into comic books in the 90s. And I it was one of the stories that got me back into comics, and I have always loved it. So it, you know, it didn't, wasn't a cash grab to a kid. It was uh, just another story. So they're redoing it, and wisely, this is the first movie in, I think, what's going to be a trilogy. I could be wrong, though. It might just be two movies. But in this part, they're only doing the upfront, the first kind of book. And I'm happy to report they did a good job with it. I hope they really take the time to tell the rest of the story in uh, hopefully two more movies, not just one, because there's so much story to get out there. It would really make me happy if there was two more movies coming. I know they're they're doing the return of Superman. I mean, I, I just don't know in what form or fashion that uh, if they're going to do it all at once or and split it up. I hope they split it up because that would be a really sweet. And uh, next up is Batman Ninja. Have you did you watch the trailer for this? I had oh posted yes it at one yes. Point. Um, yeah, the trailer for this was completely badass. And it was a very anime style, but in a... Uh, it's, how do I explain it? My brain wants to say a colorized style, but it, it just looks very, very hand-drawn. There was that one segment of the Animatrix, where the kid was skateboarding and stuff, where it looks very hand-drawn and fl- just crazy. It's not quite that crazy, but it definitely has a smidge of that flavor to the animation, which was gorgeous. I loved that part of it. As far as the movie itself, whew, this is a anime pill that's hard for even me to swallow. Uh, first of all, because of Gorilla Grodd, all of Arkham Asylum gets transported back to feudal Japan, and Batman, because it's time travely, Batman doesn't show up till two years after everybody else. So everybody else has already set up shop in Japan. Each of the criminals has taken over a region of Japan. All right, I'm still in. Yep. They're all kind of feuding to take over Japan. This is badass. This is weird, but okay. And then it goes just like the second half of this movie goes so far off the rails into anime weirdness that I'm like, this is, I, I started playing on my phone. Uh, I, like their castles all turn into giant mecha, mecha robots. And then in the end, Gorilla Grodd had tricked them all so they would make their castles robots. And then he takes over all of them and forms a giant Voltron robot in ancient Japan. It was, what? Why? Uh, oh, no. Nope. I'm out. You lost me with the giant robot shit. And I know that's very typical of 
Japanese animation stuff, but you didn't have to bring it into the feudal Japan shit. You know what I mean? Like, you're crossing the streams, man, and it's going to not work out. And it didn't for me. Uh, the animation was still cool throughout. No, that's too but, bad, because that looked really good. Dude, it, the first half of this movie was badass. They just should have kept with the regular uh, feudal Japan kind of setting instead of... Where did... They, like, they're such big robots that it's like, where where did you form these I-beams? Where, where did you form the, in the, these gigantic, humon- like, 300, 400, 500 foot tall Godzilla size uh, robots of steel? Where did, where did you form all this shit? I did, it, I, maybe I'm thinking too literally on it, but I was just like, it just got too weird for me. <laughs> I was like, give me a break. Anyway, so, uh, you know, me, I'm the same with you in horror. I'll go watch this again in six months and be like, it's awesome! I love it this time! I'm, it's amazing! But uh, first time around, I was disappointed. And last up is, courtesy of Eugene and his voodoo, Predator 2. Hmm, here we go. Got to rewatch this thing in HD. I like this movie. I know it's not a very popular opinion, but I've it's not as good as the first. It's not as good as... It's probably the least of the Predator movies, AVP movies notwithstanding. But I still get a kick out of this movie. There's so many scenes in it that I like. The number one thing I like about it, this was in that area of the 90s, correct? This was 90s. Mm-hmm. Where they were still super gung-ho on the hard R. Gory... Uh, lots of language. I mean, there's even a, a splash of nudity, but it was just the whole atmosphere of it is it is hard R with no reservations. And I, that's my favorite bit. That's what I love about it. I love the whole tone of that shit. Crazy Gary Busey shows up at the end. It's, it's, well, why not? It's awesome. <laughs> uh, it brings, it brought the uh, alien movies into continuity. With the alien skull at the end, it just yeah. there's a whole lot going on for this movie that it, I don't understand the hate. I I get it. Everybody wants to recapture the magic of an original, but you know you know. And I, I forget why Schwarzenegger wasn't in this one, but I'm kind of glad that he wasn't because it's ridiculous that it happens to the same guy twice. I know that you know it. It's not so ridiculous that it happens to John McClane twice because he's a cop. He's in those situations, but it's mm-hmm. ridiculous that you get forced into fighting a predator alien two times in your life. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, one of the I, I, things I always notice about this movie, too, is uh, when he's talking to Harrigan about... When Gary Busey's talking to Harrigan about the, the, the self-destruct weapon, This he says, this happened years ago, and when, when cornered or trapped or about to die, they will activate the self-destruct. And it destroyed 300 city blocks of jungle. Every time he says that, I'm like, shut up, damn it. Because there's no way that Arnold ran away... 300 blocks and somehow lived. Like, if you would have said three or even maybe 30, I could have bought it. But 300? No. Just no. Uh, that's right. I'm nitpicking the one stupid aspect of an alien hunting <laughs> in the yeah, concrete jungles of LA, whatever. Okay. Predator 2. <laughs> oh, and you like their, their kind of funny-looking silver slippery suits that they, that they wear? Because they're scientists all yes. of a sudden, you see. Like, oh, yes, and it's straight out of a bad Mystery Science Theater 3000 movie, which I like. I'm like, yep, hold your weird little gun things in your, yeah, your silver tinfoily suits. Yep. And it's so dumb, too, how he's like, he jumps on the mic, Harrigan jumps on the mic and he's like, they can see you. They can see the lights. And he's like, who is this? Clear the radio. 
even though they're all talking on the radio. Like, what are you... He just said they can see you, dumbass. Like, <laughs> uh, I never understood oh, when when Busey. Predator when the Predator actually kills Jerry... Jerry Busey, good God. Uh, Gary Busey's character, he throws his crawl-throwing uh, thing, and it yep. cuts him in half. And you see the legs drop, and then the blood, whatever. I'm like, that's... I mean, like... Is his the rest of his torso hanging in midair? Because why is it not dropping? Like I wanted to see that rest of that just poof, guts and all on the floor. But all we get is all he, we get he is, must have been he, when he got hit. He quickly grabbed onto a side of beef. I guess uh, maybe that because <laughs> the legs drop. We see Who a little knows? bit of blood. I'm like, where's? Let's see some gut ploppage. And all we get is. <laughs> but, I, uh, we got it now. If you look close, there is a good. Like, healthy gallon of blood. Like, there is a big, huge blob of blood that falls down. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted more, though. I wanted a little bit more there. But I'm a I'm mild complaint. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, back to you last round. Um, okay, well, uh, I will finish it up with Predator 1 and Predators. Because I watched all three of these. Uh, the main one that I wanted to hit on was the first Predator remastered now in 4K, and it looks just fantastic. It's such a great movie. It still holds up. It is now like, while it's not quite as good as something like Aliens, it is right there. I mean, it is in that realm of awesome from the 80s. It Everything about it is just 80s perfection. The Just the machoism in it, the effects, the music. That music is so iconic at this point in those movies. Like, da 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 Dylan, you son of a bitch! <laughs> whenever, whenever Dylan and uh, Schwarzenegger's character, whenever they do their Dylan, you son of a bitch, and they, I sound like a stupid, I sound like an Amishman there. Oh, uh, whenever they do the the high five in midair or whatever, then they do the little arm wrestling thing. I'm like, oh, your veins and your sweat. And, uh, keep going. Uh, What's the matter? CIA got you pushing too many pencils? <laughs> yeah. That's another thing is the first movie is so quote worthy. It's like it's Top Gun quote worthy the whole way through. It's like all those lines, the the jokes in it work. The you know sexual Tyrannosaurus and oh, it's so good, <laughs> so so good. And then the third one, Predators. Uh, much like well, I'm not sure if it gets a lot of backlash or not. I just know what I think of it, and I. Love that movie. Every time I watch it, I'm like, I, there's very few things that I dislike about the movie. Adrian Brody is, I thought he was cast perfectly. I thought that that was a great casting choice. You had Schwarzenegger in the first one, uh, Danny Glover in the second one. You're, you're changing things up, and I like that. I like that they're changing things up. It's not this huge muscle-bound dude in each one. It's a different type of character. And, man, I'll tell you what, Adrian Brody was really good in this. They were all good. The whole cast worked good. My only complaint, I think, would be the bit of exposition that Lawrence Fishburne has in it. It's like, you don't really need that, but it's a minor quibble. It's like, it's what, five minutes long? But it seemed a bit like it slowed the movie down just a little bit, but then it was right back at it with Predator Mayhem. I... The... Yakuza dude sword fight so cool it was a great movie yep I agree my biggest complaint would be Topher Grace like I said before oh, yeah. it's like his whole character could have been excised from that movie and it would have lost nothing yeah in my opinion I actually liked his character like his, he had some funny bits in it until we find the little twist with him uh, but fuck 
all you guys. Or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I guess it is. <laughs> but big thumbs up on all three of those movies. There, man. I I, I now have, uh, I have pretty high hopes for the new Predator movie, even though the preview is not. Gangbusters awesome. I, it's, man, they're three for three in my book. And even the AVP movies, I quite like them. So we'll see how this one goes. Yeah, I agree. And my favorite part of that Predators movie is when they are wandering around as a group and they go into the camp and then they get attacked by some, by some and then they turn around and start attacking back. And right before all the firefight starts, they go, where's, uh, where's Adrian Brody's character? And then all hell breaks loose. Uh-huh. And they're like, they're like, you used us as bait. And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> I love that. I, love- <laughs> I do too. <laughs> um, I like that. Like he was a very smart dude in the movie. Um, he it wasn't just brawn, just mowing over ev- anything and everything. It was like, he was, oh, here we're breaking down predators. And it was a good movie. I really liked it. <laughs> yep. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, okay. We've gone on long enough tonight and we've reviewed a thousand movies. So I think we're good to go. <laughs> Yes. Anything else? Oh, coming soon, I guess. We could do that. Uh, one week off, and I can't get back into the swing of things. Uh, for me, coming soon, yes, the same day that I watched Ready Player One, a movie in which they pull out a glaive and throw it across the way, and it's a big point of the movie, I just so happened to be the same day that I bought Crawl on VHS. Uh, I leapt at the chance to nab that thing, and when I saw it pop up in Ready Player One, I squealed like a little girl. Uh, so I will be watching Kroll very soon. Blue Velvet, I have never seen. I got that VHS, I'm gonna check that one out. And The Postman is a movie that's generally reviled, I think, but me and my friends like it. And I'm gonna watch it again. I think it's a pretty sweet movie. Looking forward to it. Uh, what do you oh. got coming soon? Uh, <clears throat> for me, I watched, the, I didn't review it, obviously, but I watched the first episode of Vietnam on Netflix, and I will be watching more. So that's my review right now is that I'll be watching more, uh, but many, many hours are going to be invested in that. Uh, so I'll just save my, my review for down the road on that one. Um, oh, what else? I'm itching for some Giallo. So Black Glove Killer is probably coming up soon. And, um, I have, well, speaking of which, I've got one called Eyeball heading my way and then a cannibal movie called Amazonia. So, there you go. <laughs> I think your titles are just getting lazier. Last week time it was things. This time it's eyeball and just oh cannibal movie Amazon, just <laughs> Amazonian. <laughs> <laughs> it works though. It, it's like we're not we're not beating around the bush. There you go, eyeball. <laughs> That's true. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and you know me, a whole slew of oh, and there's another American guinea pig coming out soon. So yee this one called sacrifice. Um, so hopefully they, can steer the, hopefully they can steer the ship back on track with number four. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. Hey, that's when Fast and Furious started getting things together. So. Exactly. Exactly. They just... I, <sighs> what I what if Vin all... Diesel shows up in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> and just rips shit up. Oh, it, immediate five stars. And he's dumb. <laughs> yeah, and he's <laughs> An American guinea pig starring Vin Diesel as Dom talking about family while just eviscerating yes. everybody. Sacrifice. We got a sacrifice for the family. Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty decent storyline. Okay, I would watch that one. 
Okay. All right. Well, All right. If that, if you're going to tell me that happens, so I watch it, and then I'm, uh, it's not going to happen. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <You're- laughs> All right. I'll see you next time. All right. Till then. See ya. Bye. for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod on Twitter at moviefreakspod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.